0: The Dallas Stars are shining early while the Vancouver Canucks remain the league's only winless team. Meanwhile, the Florida Panthers have made adjustments to their lineup and are still finding ways to win. We've got all those stories and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On NHL podcast.
1: You're Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast
0: Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Dallas Stars, Dane Lewis. And Dane, 4 0 1, not a bad start for the Dallas Stars this year. And not only are they winning, they're winning. Dominantly in a lot of these games what to you has been the biggest secret of this team's early season success
1: yeah you, you hit it right on the head I mean this is about as good of a start as you can ask for from this team I mean they've gotten at least one point in every outing so far uh, the only loss coming last Thursday night in Toronto in overtime uh, Jason Robertson's brother Nick getting two goals in that game including the game winner a tough outing but a game where the stars committed a ton of penalties and still finding a way to get a point uh in one of the tougher environments in the league in Toronto that that's a a pretty impressive feat for this squad but you you want to talk about the you know the most impressive thing or, or the secret you say for this team and really the if you watch this team and see how they play and compare it to last year it, it's really more of a team effort this season and i think that's been the biggest key for this team uh you look last year and it's really a one line team with Robertson hints Pavelski three really good forwards one of the better top lines in the league I I think that's the belief of many people including myself and then you have some good goaltending from Jake Ottinger and, and the occasional flash offensively from Miro Haskinen and that was really all the stars were last season I mean they would you know score three or four goals every now and then, but they were really a one or two goal a night type of team. And they, they just tried to win with defense and tried to win with goaltending. And it got them to the first round. It got them into a game seven with Calgary, but it just wasn't enough. And now you look at you know the change this year. They get a new head coach in Pete DeBoer. Uh, they add a few players like Mason Marchment and Nils Lundquist, uh, just to name a couple. And everything seems to be clicking really well with this team because it's no longer just that top line who is still playing well. Uh, Joe Pavelski continues to defy age and play at an incredibly high level, 17 years into his career at age 38. But you have Mason Marchment, you have Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, who was a little bit late to the scoring party, but started to rack up some points over the weekend in Montreal. I I mean, it's just a little bit of everybody. It's not you know, the load isn't being carried by one or two individual players. It's being spread out evenly amongst the roster. And I I think there's only one or two players left on this team that were on the opening night roster that haven't recorded a point yet. So, I mean, the stars are finding ways to win games and finding ways to score a ton of goals, but they're able to do it by means of several different people and not just a few.
0: In five games, six different players with two or more goals, just spreading it out and getting it done right now. We'd be remiss if we didn't uh, single out Jake Ottinger for his outstanding play. Look, he's played four games. He's won them all. A 1.25 goals against average and a 9.59 save percentage. How well has he been playing and how well has the team been playing in front of him?
1: He's been outstanding. As far as I know, I don't think anyone ever told him that that series with Calgary was over. I think he just thinks that there was a really long break uh, and he's gone on and played, you know four more games in that series because he's picked up right where he left off I mean you you throw out the numbers and if you've watched any stars games this season anyone listening whether they're stars fans or just you know NHL fans in general if they've gotten a chance to see Ottinger play I mean you you just see why those numbers are the way that they are I mean the defense does a good job at times helping you know helping Jake Ottinger out but he just eats up a lot of pucks. He's really good, you know, with his movement and his positioning, and just reading how the puck is moving. Uh, a lot of the goals that he has given up have been deflections or you know second chance rebound opportunities with a lot of traffic in front of the net. Not too many goals given up. That's just kind of a one on one opportunity or a, a goal that you think, oh, he should have saved that. If there's a puck sent his way that you think a goalie should save, more often than not, that Jake Ottinger has has made that save. and It's just incredible, you know, with his age, how young he is, and really in the grand scheme of things, how inexperienced he is. I mean, he has a good number of games under his belt, but still one of the younger goalies in the league. He's really impressed me, and I think a lot of people expected him to be good, but to be this good out of the gate, I don't know how sustainable those numbers are. A near 960 save percentage doesn't seem super sustainable through the season, but if the early going is any indication, he's in for a special year
0: looks that way and and special teams have been great also i mean third right now on the power play sixth on the pk uh you know that certainly is a big part of hockey and even a bigger part i know it's early but playoff hockey special teams become magnified good early start for the stars on both sides of the special teams equation.
1: For sure. And the power play was something that really did need to get going. I think the Stars finished near or in the top 10 last season. But after the All-Star break, the the power play was not what it was at the start of the season for the team. And the penalty kill was just kind of somewhere in the middle. But, but both, like you said, have been great to start the year. Even when the Stars aren't executing on the man advantage, they're getting really good looks and putting a lot of pressure on the opposing goaltender. And the, the penalty kill has been good, which Stars fans and the team are grateful for. But that, that's one of the the glaring issues with this team is the amount of times that they've had to go on the kill and i think that that's why their numbers might be as high as they are uh, i think in toronto the other night they had 16 penalty minutes it felt like that entire second period was just the stars down a man and having to kill you know penalty after penalty and so that that's really kind of where the weakness of this team is obviously the penalty kill itself isn't a weakness but the amount of times that the stars find themselves with a player in the box and you know that that doesn't allow them to you know, play offensively like they'd want to. They like to move quick through the neutral zone and get those clean zone entries and try to find a clean look. And when you're you're on the the penalty kill, you don't get to do that hardly at all. So, I mean, it, it, it's great that the penalty kill is playing as good as it has been so far. But Coach Pete DeBoer has said it, and I know many agree that the Stars are kind of playing with fire when they when they commit all those penalties. And hopefully, that's something that as the season goes on, they get better at. There is. A decent amount of youth on this team and so I think that that could maybe be attributed to it as you know these guys are still kind of figuring some things out and I mean the the game is just physical and I I think maybe even referees or it feels like at least in Stars games maybe cracking down a little bit harder on roughing and maybe a few tripping calls as well
0: you mentioned Peter DeBoer what changes has he made that have helped this team so far this year
1: yeah, it's it's been great. And I think the, the big one is what I talked about in, in the offense and just the way the stars entered the zone last year, you know, under under Rick bonus. I think it was a lot more dump and chase. And if the stars have a, a lead, even if it's a one to zero lead, they, they kind of take their foot off the gas pedal, which with this team, I think it's the exact opposite. It's a lot less dump and chase. And then when the stars get leads, they look to build on that lead. Uh, they really don't ever take their foot off the gas until it's maybe two minutes left in the third, but they're already up four to one or five to two, something like that. And, and so I think that's really what's changed. It's just kind of the the mindset behind why the offense operates and why they do what they do. It's not, okay, we have a one or two goal lead. Let's kind of sit back and hope that our goalie can perform well. It's trust the goalie, and if he's put in a tough situation, trust that he'll do well. But let's also try to get a few more on the board to really distance ourselves but also make it more difficult for this opposing team whoever it is to to come back and you know find a way to even the game and it's been really impressive I think that people knew that there was offensive talent on this team but the way that DeBoer has found ways to use that top line but also use Sagan and Mason Marchman and, and even younger guys Tyde Delandria is still relatively young uh, not quite a rookie but only a few games under his belt and Wyatt Johnston who is a rookie. He's looked really good, even though he's only 18 years old, playing alongside Jamie Benn. I think that's really been the, the Pete DeBoer effect is he he has a role for everybody. And I think it's clear what those roles are. And the, and the players have bought into the system and they go out every single night and they do what's asked of them. And so far, it's, it's resulted in, you know, nine points for this team through the early stages of this season.
0: The Pete DeBoer effect sounds like a movie, but uh, it does. Let's, uh, let's let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find the podcast and where they could find you on social
1: media. For sure. You you can find the podcast at Locked on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my personal Twitter account is just the nice and simple at Dane double underscore Lewis. Uh, and of course, the show is free and available on podcasting platforms on YouTube as well. Uh, just sitting under 900 subscribers on YouTube while we're recording this. So if there's any stars or just NHL fans out there that, that feel so inclined to drop a free subscription on YouTube, I'd, I'd appreciate it because we're we're getting close to a thousand and that, that'd be a pretty cool milestone to reach.
0: Hope you get it soon, Dane. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Absolutely, Gil. Thank you. The numbers don't lie.
0: In the last decade, over four million people have chosen simply safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when the threat is real. And even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at SimplySafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month absolutely free. Visit SimplySafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Vancouver Canucks, Justin Pooney. and Justin. A little bit of a disappointing start to the season here for Vancouver. If you could sum it up in a in, in a paragraph or two, what's going wrong so far?
2: Uh, a paragraph might be a bit too. I think it's you said it. You said it perfectly off the top. Just disappointing. Um, this team, you know, I was high on this team coming into the season. We talked. Uh, before the season started, um, I came on and I said that this team should be a playoff team. Um, you know, the, the, the skill level and the players they have, especially in their forward group uh, and in net, they should be, you know, competitive every night and they should be winning some games. Um, before the season started, like the week before, you know, the, the five-game road trip, I had said, if this team can hover around 500 um, or, you know, get a 2-2, two wins, a couple OT losses or whatever, um, that would be a successful road trip. Uh, Well, the first game, they got to a great start in Edmonton. And I'm like, wow, you know, maybe this is actually going to come to fruition. And they, of course, blew a lead to the Oilers, which I kind of gave them a pass on. I'm like, hey, look, it's the Edmonton Oilers, McDavid, Dreisaitl, home opener. They're going to be fired up. They're going to – there's going to be no quit. So I'll give that excuse. Then they go to Philadelphia, which I thought would be an easy victory given the Flyers going to the season. Now, the Flyers have been an extremely big surprise this season so far. Anyway, um, but they blow another lead in Philadelphia. Okay, now I sense a little bit of a pattern happening. Go to Washington. They go down. They come back, score two goals in 11 seconds. They take the lead, and the third period hits, and they don't. Then they lose again. So then now the panic is starting to set in. Um, and at that point I was kind of like you know what they still got two games left Uh, at that point in time Columbus and Minnesota uh, were not had not had a win on their record at all and they go to Columbus and they go to Minnesota and they lose both games in overtime and you could just sense that there's a lot of pressure on this team to finally win and there's still a whole lot of pressure and you saw kind of I think last night was rock bottom at least I hope I don't know if there's any more lower you can go there were three jerseys thrown on the ice. Um, fans were booing. Um, and if you just go, you know, in Canada right now, the Canucks are trend number two trending on Twitter, right? Uh, so it just shows you just how passionate this fan base is, how angry this fan base is, and just how disappointed we are because we expected a lot more. And I don't know if changes are going to happen. Jim Rutherford did speak. Uh, Last night saying that we can't make just a move for the sake of making a move. But if they lose tomorrow, where do you draw the line, right? So uh, definitely a disappointing and kind of uh, a gut punch to start the season.
0: One of the problems, at least statistically, has been goaltending. That's your Demko save percentage, just 858. The goals against average over four. Has it been the defense in front of them? Has it been the goaltending, or is it a combination of both?
2: It's a combination of both. Um, I would say, you know, this defense core has been hit with a lot of injuries. Of course, Quinn Hughes didn't play last night. He's day-to-day. Um, Tucker Pullman is out, and we, you know with his concussion history, we don't know if he's potentially ever going to come back and play. Uh, Tyler Meyer has just returned. Um, of course, Travis Dermott is still out. Um, and you know, they're relying on guys that just quite frankly are not NHL defensemen as much as, you know, Vancouver native Kyle Burroughs is a, is a good, um, organizational depth defenseman, And when I say that a guy that can, you know, slide up and down and play service limits, but when you're relying on a guy like that, you can't have it. When you're relying on a guy like Luke Shen, you can't have it, but that's the mess the Canucks made. They have to live with the mess they made. They just sleep in that bed and cause they made that mess right does that your demko need to be better yes absolutely you know people were saying before this season started he could get some serious vesna consideration Well, he doesn't look like that right now and i've harped on this all the whole summer and this team is only going to go as far as Pedersen, hughes and demko take them those three are the key pillars of this organization yes jt miller is there and has been playing well but those three guys need to show that hey we can be superstar-level players. And Pedersen has had flashes of that. Hughes, has, of course, been battling some battling an injury. And Demko just hasn't reached that level of play just yet. So uh, it's been a bad start. It's exactly what every Canucks fan wanted to avoid, considering what happened last year. But they find themselves in this predicament again. Now they got to dig themselves out of this hole once again.
0: So how? How do they dig themselves out? And do you expect the coaching staff to make any changes in the lineup? Yeah.
2: Well, you're seeing that now. So from practice, uh, practice today, J.T. Miller was moved back to the wing, playing along with Bo Horvat. And quite frankly, I think that's when they had their most success. When J.T. Miller is playing on the wing, and you're not relying on him to be that top dog, that number one center, because quite frankly, he never really played center until he got here, right? He's always been a natural winger. So when you force him to be that number one guy to keep all that on his plate. And I get it. He had the big year last year, got the big new deal, but he's had turnovers. You know, he got into Luke Shen yesterday at an intermission. Uh, he's been, well, he was on the ice for all eight goals out at the beginning of the season. Um, I need to see JT Miller. Now, I don't know if it's because, you know, the whole contract dispute and then he had a baby and he hasn't really had a, you know, a chance to really just focus it on hockey. Well, it's time for him to focus in on hockey now because he's getting paid a lot of money. He's going to be counted on. I need to see J.T. Miller do what J.T. Miller does best, and that's play hard and know his two hundred foot game. I need to see Brock Besser. He cannot be invisible anymore, right? Brock Besser has the skill set to be a thirty goal scorer. He came into this season saying, "I want hit the thirty goal plateau." Well, a thirty goal scorer does not go MIA for for extended periods of time. You have to be a difference maker out there. Um, so I think the onus is on the big guys on this team. These guys that get paid big-ticket contracts, those are the guys that have to lead this franchise out of this dark spell. It's not – I know Canucks fans love completely with ownership and rebuilding and all of this and all of that. And I've never been a big proponent of rebuilding, especially right now because, um, as I'm sure all you guys know, Canucks fans are very uh, irrational with their emotions, right? So the last 24 hours have been to strip the whole team down. We should have rebuilt. We should have done that. Well, you know what? I don't believe in that because the three best players on this team are all in their primes, right? Or, you know, the, th- the th- big three guys I just mentioned earlier. Uh, what's the sense of rebuilding? You want them to play g- meaningful hockey and keep on growing, right? You have insulated a in nice young pieces. Andre Kuzmenko has played well. He's had his on a little bit of a dry spot, but, you know, I see that he can be an NHL player. Vasily Paul Colson has played well. It's time now for these big guys on this team to – kind of just shake every just shake loose and grab control of the season before it's too late. And we're getting near that territory.
0: We we are indeed the next six games all on Pacific time, five of them are at home. It's mm-hmm. a big opportunity for this team to make up some ground.
2: Absolutely. And I said last week on my show, I said before they go out on that Eastern Conference swing, they need to have at least five wins on their record. If they don't have at least five wins on their record by that, point before they go back out East, there has to be a coaching change. There has to be something to just do, just, uh, you know, like just change the mental capacity of this roster. Um, Now, with that being said, though, I do think once this team kind of gets that monkey off their back and that first win, I do get the sense that wins will start flowing. It's just a matter of if and when that first one comes. So...
0: Well, we'll see when that is. Justin, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find the podcast and where they can find you on social media?
2: Absolutely. So you can go to YouTube, type in Locked On Canucks for the first thing that pops up. Tomorrow, we will have our game breakdown for their Canucks tomorrow night against the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, You can also follow me on Twitter at Process Sports, Process Sports with an underscore at the end on both Instagram and Twitter. And of course, follow our show at Locked On Canucks. And then, as you mentioned, Gil, we are available on every podcasting platform.
0: All right. Justin, always a pleasure to have you here. Hopefully, next time under better circumstances.
2: Absolutely.
0: It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show Armando Velez of Locked On Florida Panthers. The Panthers, Armando, a lot of changes during the offseason, but they're off to a very solid start.
3: Thank you once again, Gil, for having me on the show to talk all things Florida Panthers. And yeah, 4-1-1, one, one, nine points out of a possible 12 for this team. It's a great position for this team to be in after making the blockbuster trade of Matthew kachuk Of course, there's always the talk of the defense core being the weak spot of the Florida Panthers team. That, and they have went through some adversity early with losing Aaron Ekblad and him being on LTI. The earliest he can come back is mid-november or missed a few games and he was the quarterback on the power play for this team but still they found a way to they've found many ways to win
0: let's start off with ekblad how does this team compensate for the loss of one of the elite defensemen in this league
3: the truth is you don't and they they just don't grow on trees it, you, it's not really about replacing ekblad it's really about holding the fort for this team while while he is uh, recovering from what's reported to be a grade two uh, groin strain, uh, according to An- Andy Slater, but the the it, it really comes to other players adjusting. Of course, Brandon Montour was already logging some minutes for for the Panthers, and. And he, being the quarterback on the power play, now he's the, in the top pair for the Florida Panthers. The good thing about this is, with the Florida Panthers being as cap-strapped as they are, only, prior to Eric Blad's injury, they only had just under half a million of cap space. So, and the roster that the Panthers had was 20 players. Exactly. So, no scratches for the Cats. So, this gives a little bit of wiggle room for the panthers they even signed mark Stahl to a one-year contract 750k but there's also got to be there's also got to be questions for when when aaron eckblad does come back about who is going to possibly be placed on waivers because you're not just going to have him sitting if he's healthy
0: yeah no margin for error there you mentioned matthew kachuk earlier eight points through the first five games he's been a real impact player talk to me about what he's added to this Panthers roster
3: so far this year. An absolute different dimension for this Cats team. He's always in front of that all every single time the was right on the doorstep. Everyone wants a everyone wants a piece of Matthew Kachuk and he's just he's just an agitator right in front. I mean, you 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 covering locked on Islanders, you've already seen him quite a few times uh for 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 the Cats and all that. So, it, and and he before his uh, points on sunday against new york he had the record for the uh, for consecutive games with at least a point so just right behind ray ray whitney and pavel Bure, just two games off but hey him getting those eight points in those five games and at the at the time once the game went final against tampa bay on on saturday matthew Kachuk had already been a co- contributor whether it's scoring or assisting on half of florida's goals already in 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 five games in the first five games so that de- it's definitely everything is that has been advertised for this florida panthers team and the fact that they have eight more years of this guy it's just an absolute treat to watch
0: after five games he's leading the team in goals assists points and penalty minutes that's a pretty rare <laughs> combination that you have, something like that. One problem that the Panthers have had early on this year, and it didn't get any better Sunday against the Islanders, the power play is struggling. Obviously, Mm -hmm. Ekblad's absence has something to do with that, but what is this team not doing with the extra attacker that they're only hitting on uh, 8.7% of their power plays coming into the to Sunday's game against the Islanders, and they didn't score on the
3: power play then either. It's really It, it really comes down to players who are really, as of this point, out of position for, for the Panthers. Uh, Barkoff is used to be pl- playing on the left circle. He he was running the point when Brandon Montour was out for a few games. Brandon Montour came back on Saturday versus Tampa Bay, and he wasn't even on the top power play unit. So, get. get- getting a few games in the preseason QB on the power play then missing a few then then being on only pp2 then going back there's so many different personnel changes for for the Panthers and who as well as a different person to use as the bumper um Patrick Hornquist had a few power play minutes as well in front of the net now that now that he's shifted to power play 2 with Montour coming back it's now Chuck being the guy in front of the net so it's different different players um putting being in different spots too, that they they might not be uh, accustomed to playing often, and that's what's led to the Florida Panthers being all oh, of their last 17 on on the power play. Both of their power play goals came in the same game, their second game in the season against Buffalo, but really have haven't done anything. But the good thing about this Panthers team is that they, going back to last season, they are the best one of the best five on five teams. Paul Maurice coming in says that he doesn't wanna change how this team uh, does offensively, but when he talks about more of a defensively responsible team for what this team is doing, one thing I'm seeing very early for the Panthers is that they're not allowing as many odd man rushes on Sergey Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight. They are protecting their guys onto the outside as well. They're clogging up the neutral zone and and this Panthers team, when you every, it's not going to be a blow. It's not going to be a whole bunch of blowout games like last season. It's going to be a lot of grinded out wins. And and really, that's really what they faced early. And even in their one regulation loss against the Boston Bruins, where that was the, um, the game that Aaron Ekblad went out and Brandon Montour was already out, having to play four defensemen in that same game, the Panthers still were able to at least get it within a goal with a, with a few minutes left. So every single game has been close. Every single game has been a fight. Every, and even with a little bit of defensive mistakes early as well, uh, this Panthers team has just really found ways to. And, it's very, and if, there's a, if there's someone who deserves the credit for it's head coach Paul Maurice.
0: What has Maurice brought to the table that has helped this team make these adjustments so quickly?
3: I think because he's been around the game for so long, I think he has more trust of his his players in trying to create, especially on on transition, as well. And also the the fact that when it comes to like so his morning skates as well, he 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 gives them an option to whether to be at morning skate or not but most of the players are already as well you'll have one player missing here and there but then they'll say they're ready to go for the night so that that's a little bit of a trust issue knowing that these guys are professionals these guys know he knows that they're i feel like he that he has a good feeling that this was already a very group that the panthers had so it it was really kind of for him loosening the grip of like trying to like be all over players as as well so that's kind of like the the vibe i get from paul Maurice, but as well for diff, putting different player of um, different player certain players that have familiarity with each other keeping them together but also willing to find a way to experiment because especially the third line which was and was played incredible in their sunday game against the against the new york islanders Anton Lindell's having two different line mates this season in year two of his development. That's huge as well. He's also the ability to give him more defensive zone faceoffs as well, especially on the penalty kill as well. So he's also trusting his younger guys at the same time.
0: Always helpful to develop those younger players. Armando, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find the podcast and where they can find you on social media?
3: They can follow me on Twitter personally, at MondoMan12. They can follow the show account on Twitter, at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You'll see me live tweeting for the Panthers throughout the game, and you'll see me um, do all my other uh, South Florida sports takes as well along the way. All right, Armando, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Gil, as always
0: all right want to thank everybody for making locked on nhl your first listen for your next listen check out the locked on sports today podcast the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions big game recaps and the take of the day it's available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get podcasts i want to thank my guests today dane lewis of locked on stars justin pooney of locked on canucks and armando velez of locked on florida panthers We will be back every day, Monday through Friday, with the biggest stories from around the National Hockey League. I'm Gil Martin. Have a great day, and thank you for listening to the Locked On NHL Podcast.